SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Time for Rod's Risers. Time for another edition of Rod's Risers. This is where we take a look at some of the rising names in fantasy football. And listen, none bigger right now than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, my favorite quarterback. <laughs> of my favorite team is making news today as his name is atop the quarterback chart for the San Francisco 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo QB1 say it with me QB1 <laughs> look this is should not come as any surprise we understand that Trey Lance is Trey Lance and that he is going to get his shot at some point but we have all at least I have been very very high on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to start this season at the very least because i think trey lance needs a season of seasoning as it were but jimmy garoppolo is officially listed now as qb1 so here's the thing what does that mean to you as a fantasy player well look the guy is going so ridiculously cheap right now that if you start grabbing him late in drafts as a second quarterback uh as a backup quarterback even there are weeks if he can stay in the lineup, especially in the first few weeks, like I said, even at least the first six weeks, you have a, a very more than serviceable uh, QB1. Jimmy Garoppolo is still good. I'm sorry. People may not disagree, but when he's healthy, he's right. So Jimmy Garoppolo is a very, very cheap QB1 right now and worth grabbing and stashing for those weeks that you might need him. Or uh, even if you wait till round 10 or round 11 for your quarterback and you take Jimmy Garoppolo as your QB1, I don't think you're doing yourself a disservice. No, he's not as sexy as some of the other names on top of him. But look, he has been making throws in camp, which is why there really has been no sort of... I think questioned in my mind that Jimmy Garoppolo, especially with this news coming out that now he is atop the depth chart. This is exactly what we expected. So Jimmy Garoppolo making news and rising to the top of the QB charts and hopefully rising us to another Super Bowl. Yeah, my bias is showing. I don't care. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo again. Rod's risers for the week. Rod riser. Rod's riser for the week. Go Jimmy G. Go get him. Late in drafts. Let's get to the show. It is that time again for yet another episode of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. As always, find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. It's where I live. It's the only social media place where I spend any sort of time whatsoever. Don't try to find me on Instagram. I'm there, but I'm just never the home, so... Don't do it. Uh, today, I am joined by the SGPN crew because why not, man? It's been a while since I've had these guys chatting on. So uh, we're going we're gonna to invite them in and we're going to have a little fun talking about week one and beyond streaming DSTs. They could be the difference between a week or two. Uh, and, and if you're still using DSTs in your league, you're going to need to pick one. And whether it's the last round or you try to reach for one, you're going to have to get one. So we're going to try to steer you in the right direction. And I am joined today by Munaf Manji. He is, of course, our SGPN guru. He does pretty much everything on the site uh, from basket. I don't know. I've seen him do even some Olympic. Did you do those Olympics this year, Munaf? Yeah, I did some uh, baseball and basketball articles uh, on the on the website. Yeah, yeah. So you can find him all over it, and equally as talented and equally all over the place as Terrell Furman. You recognize his voice from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he does this, he does that, he does a little everything. So Terrell, thanks for being the scorekeeper this week. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And thank you for entrusting me. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, and 
I promise I'm going to absolutely abuse this today. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt you will. <laughs> you give, give them a little bit, man, and they just want more. So, uh, all right, we're going to, again, as always, this show, um, it is, again, morphed a little bit. I am now going to be the person that is the debater uh, against Munaf, and then Terrell is going to be the scorekeeper because uh, my higher-ups didn't like me giving away points willy-nilly. They wanted a real scorekeeper, somebody that was actually honest and to the task, so uh, I got booted. Now I get to actually be the debater. So uh, we are going to go 10 rounds toe-to-toe, me and Munaf, and uh, again, Terrell is going to score. We got 10 DSTs to go down, and uh, again, these are guys with maybe week one uh, matches that are favorable maybe they're ones that you want to keep the whole season we'll talk about that three minutes on the clock Munaf. i know you're familiar with this are you ready to go toe to toe i i will say i'm probably up against the ropes because already because you guys are the experts and i'm you know kind of coming in after basketball season over what a liar <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> act like he doesn't do everything on the site i know right <laughs> I, i'm scared already i i feel like i'm coming in as the not favorite here but all right speaking of not favorites we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this three minutes on the clock the first dst up we're talking about the denver broncos maybe not a sexy name but a dst to consider for week one moon why don't you go ahead and get us started uh do you think or do you not think the broncos are a good pickup for the first uh week of dst oh man i already see i already see terrell flaunting his jersey over there um you know for sure i think they are a great pickup uh in week one um you know the denver broncos are one of five teams in the entire football league who are ranked top five in both their front seven and their secondary um so i think that's that's a great spot for them to start right their front seven is led by bradley chubb and vaughn miller and the secondary has both veterans and young talent like kyle fuller they picked up kareem jackson so they're justin simons they also picked up Ronald Darby in the offseason, right? And this defense is built to compete in that AFC West where every team is good offensively. You know, they had to put together a, a great defensive roster, and they've done that. And they are uh, opening the season like, uh, you know, flaunting his jersey against his New York Giants. And this is going to, I think, this is going to be an advantage spot for the Giants because their O line ranks number 31 coming into the season. Um, so I think that Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, and that front seven are going to be able to generate some pressure against them. And then, you know, if we kind of want to look forward to week two, at weeks two and three, they take on two rookie head coaches and two rookie quarterbacks. The Jaguars uh, in week two, I believe, their offensive line ranks number 23, and the New York Jets offensive line, which ranks number 24. And then, like I said, two rookie quarterbacks. So um, a transition from college football to NFL may take some time for those two quarterbacks to kind of get acclimated to. And then when you have Vic Fangio, who is a defensive mind, good things will happen for this defense all season long. But that defense is in a prime spot in that first three weeks. I know we're just talking about week one. But if we kind of look ahead to those first three weeks, this defense may be a keeper in that at least those first three weeks. And the key, again, of course, for every other team like any other team is going to be held because they're two pass rushers from – I guess last season, the season prior, we're dealing with injuries in Bradley Chubb and uh, Vaughn Miller. So when you have those two guys on your edges coming in to rush against these subpar offensive lines, uh, I think they're going to have the more than capabilities to generate some pressure against these quarterbacks. Yeah, and look, to be honest with you, I, I I also think the Broncos are a good pickup or else I wouldn't have put them on this list. But just for the sake of argument, you know, you got to figure that the Broncos are going to be on the field a lot defensively, I have a feeling, because their quarterback is probably not going to keep them on the field quite as much. So, yes, does that bode well for fantasy points? Probably, absolutely, because more time on the field means more sacks, means more chance for interceptions. But fatigue also sets in in that instance too because if you're not going to be on the field uh, offensively very long then these defensive guys are going to get tired and that could very well lead to points being scored against them in ways that maybe not necessarily you you foresee because you think that because these they're going up against these offenses that may not be that good um, that they're going to walk all over them well sure but if they're out there the whole time they may get scored against and of course we know in fantasy the more they, the other team scores the less points you get and that means that we are out of time for that round. And I'm going to turn that sound off because I always forget to turn that thing off. We don't need that sound. <laughs> we'll use this one instead. That means it's three minutes up. Of course, we forgot to lay down the ground rules that the ticking clock means it's 30 seconds left. And then this is that. 
You figure by 18 episodes, I would know exactly how this works, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Learning as we go. <laughs> Speaking of learning as we go, let's turn the other side of the ball because like we talked about with the Broncos, the Giants defense, is that a good streamer for the first week? Uh, Is this going to be a defensive battle in the first week? We don't know. Uh, But I mean, again, when you're looking at the Broncos, you're not looking at a very good offense. So make a case for me, Munaf. We're going to put three minutes back on the clock for the Giants as a week one streamer defense. Yeah, for the Giants, I mean, you know, there's certainly optimism, especially in that secondary, right? They rank just outside of the top 10. They added Dory Jackson to that secondary that already has Logan Ryan and and Peppers alongside uh, Bradbury. So that secondary should be more than capable. The only thing that kind of scares me is that front seven may not be able to generate as much pressure pressure that of, like, let's say the Denver Broncos. You know, last year the Giants did force the fourth most fumbles, but they weren't very successful in recovering those fumbles. They ranked 26 in fumble recoveries, but forced fumbles, they were number four. So I guess a little unlucky there for them. Um, but that, you know, the Giants front seven can generate some type of pressure. It does have the potential, but I just needed to see it before I'm a believer in them. But for sure, I think this secondary will be able to generate, um, you know, generate turnovers. You know, they they have a rookie quarterback in the uh, in their division, Zach Wilson. Uh, we're not sure where we're going to get out of Cam Newton if they make that change. Um, the only good offense in in that division is going to be Josh Allen. And then if you kind of take a look at um, the rest of their schedule, they have the opportunity there to, to have a good defense. Yeah. And for me, again, like I said, this is a, another situation where I'm going to, for the listener, I'm going to say, yes, this is a, a one that you want to consider, a defense you want to consider. Uh, but I also will play devil's advocate for the sake of this show and make you think about the fact that maybe even halfway through this game, they realize Drew Locke is still not the answer. And Teddy Bridgewater does come in and actually does something with this offense and, uh, again, puts up points, right? Because that's what you're after. And look, Teddy Elusive, Teddy Elusive, Teddy Bridgewater is more elusive. We can call him Teddy Elusive. He's a lot more elusive than a Drew Locke. So he may wiggle away from a few of those sacks that could have come uh, were it Locke standing in the pocket. So I think if you're if you're going to be weary of anything uh, and if you're going to reach for any sort of reason to stay away from the Giants as a week one DST, Maybe consider the fact that Drew Locke will be completely so inefficient. And maybe hopefully, uh, if you do pick up the Giants, they'll score all those points in the first part of this game. That way, in the second half, when Teddy Bridgewater comes in to save the day, um, you know, they already built up enough of a cushion to where they can withstand that. But I think... Again, this is a good pickup for you uh, just because I don't want to necessarily lead the, the listeners astray to make it think that uh, just because I'm arguing against it, I don't think it's a good pickup. I think it's a good stash because you do look at the next coming up. You got Washington, right? You got the Falcons. And I mean, look, Matt Ryan and the Falcons are going to be doing Matt Ryan and the Falcons things, but they're not going to have uh, Julio Jones with them this time. So um, can the Giants get to Fitzpatrick? probably a couple of times. I mean, he's not, he's elusive when it comes to just being able to, to kind of get away and throw passes behind his head if he needs to. But again, there, I think there's an opportunity there for you to, to sit on the giants for a couple of weeks. But if Fitzpatrick scares you, if Matt Ryan scares you, I get it. I get it. Uh, Terrell, I realized my friend that I did not because the sound threw me off, give you a chance to score round one. So I'll have you score round one and two because they both revolve around your team. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't I don't know if I like either one of y'all. You guys kind of straddled the fence. Nobody really wanted to say that they were taking the Giants and fading the Broncos there. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I want to score it exactly. I gave the uh the first round um two one to moon off just because of the uh Broncos schedule going forward, not necessarily for this game, but that if you stat if you pick them up for week one, you'll probably have a pretty good defense going forward. Um and then the second round I had to get I had to tie it at one one. I couldn't give it to either one of y'all because the Giants are gonna be a top 15 defense this year. Uh you mentioned everybody in the secondary, but the the biggest pickup and one of the guys that's having the best camp so far is Xavier McKinney in that secondary. And that's another name that's gonna come in. So with Logan Ryan coming down to play the nickel as the nickel corner and uh, McKinney staying up top next to Peppers. And then you have the uh, the rookie from Georgia that should come in. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to help generate that pass rush and really help out Leonard Williams and the rest of the guys on that line. I just like uh, what, how Joe Judge has this team, um, the fumble recovery thing. I think that's 
easy to regress. I think that's definitely going to regress a lot closer to them recovering a lot more of those fumbles. And besides, Joe Judge, he does the water drill with the boys where you go, where you go down and you try to catch a wet football on the ground. Man, all right. I'm with it. There I is. am with it. It is going to be a good one. I think that that defense is going to be top 15. So I had to give y'all 1-1 one, one on that one. So it's currently uh, – 3-2, moon off, but we're rolling into the third round. Yes, we are. And look, this is the thing, guys. I always say, and I'll say it until this show gets pulled and the plug gets pulled, is that the scoring is almost irrelevant because the knowledge is exactly what we're after here. So uh, everybody wins on this show just for listening because there is so much good stuff that gets pumped out. So uh, speaking of which, we move on to Minnesota for the Vikings DST in week one. They draw the Bengals. This is one of those ones where I think... Uh, you know, I want to know obviously what Munaf thinks, but uh, it's a very interesting situation that they've got pulling off. So Munaf, why don't we go ahead and get started with the Vikings against the Bengals in week one, good or bad? I think it's a great uh, week one matchup for this Vikings defense. And we got to remember going back to the last season, Vikings were one of the handful of teams who were devastated by injuries to their defense. They didn't have Daniel Hunter. They had, didn't have starting linebackers, Anthony Barr, Eric and uh, Eric Hendricks. They missed a combined 19 games between those two guys. They added Bashad Breeland. They got uh, Patrick Peterson to the secondary, which was one of the worst last year. You still have Harrison Smith in that secondary. Peterson, I mean, he didn't have he's ha- he hasn't had a great couple seasons with the Cardinals, but maybe a scenery change can really help him uh, along with Coach Mike Zimmer, who is definitely a defensive minded head coach. We know that. Um, and then, like we said, Week One, they're going up against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, number one. The 29th, they they are the 29th ranked offensive line. And then Joe Burrow coming off the injury, we still don't know how effective he is going to be, right? Because he pretty much shattered every part of that, the, his knee. Um, and then we're hearing things out of the camp that it's more that he's mentally not there yet versus physically. So at least for week one, I really do like the matchup for the Minnesota Vikings going up against this um, Cincinnati Bengals uh, team. One concern may be the secondary because they have great skill position players due to the Bengals with uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. But uh, I, I think, you know, getting a healthy defense back for the Vikings, I think it's a great matchup, especially with a subpar offensive line. Yeah, but I'm going to say that this is uh, this is one that you probably should grab. But here's what I'm not going to do is I'm I'm not going to take it lightly because if if the Vikings are sitting there and I'm I'm just on the fence, or if there's somebody else that's right around them that I want to take more, I'm going to take them more. Uh, only because for the Vikings, yes, yeah, Cincinnati, they came in last season as one of the worst scoring defense or scoring offenses rather in the in the league, 19.4 points. Uh, but again, this is a team that's going to grow, right? It's it's already it's already growing. They've got Jamar Chase. So I think yeah. this year out, Cincinnati's going to look a little bit better. Uh, they ditched Gio Bernard. Now they know that it's Joe Mixon's show. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to continue to, to give everybody who's screaming for Joe Mixon what they want in Joe Mixon. So I think this will be an improved Cincinnati team. I don't think they're going to give the Vikings a chance too much to do uh, defensively the things they're going to need to do. I don't think Joe, uh, I don't think Burrow is going to throw too many interceptions. I don't think he's going to give up too many sacks. Again, he is a quarterback that can evade so uh, again i think even the, if the pressure gets there from the vikings i don't think it'll necessarily bring him down uh and then of course with joe mixon getting better hopefully for everybody out there that wants joe mixon get better uh that could be a thing and then of course um you know the passing game is always going to improve too and jamar chase could very well be that transcendent rookie that everybody wants him to be as well so it could not be as easy for the vikings uh as it were that everybody thinks so um yeah I don't know. I mean, again, all of these defenses that I picked are, are, are difficult to say no to because they all have great matchups. So uh, for the sake of, of you guys trying to, to think it through, that's why I'm giving you the opposite view. So Terrell, what are we thinking there, bud? Um, it's tough. It's tough because the Vikings uh, were very unlucky last season with the number of injuries they had to a lot of key guys they had. They ranked... In 2019, fifth in points allowed, 14 in yards allowed, and come back uh, fourth most points allowed, sixth most yard allowed. So there's got to be some natural regression there. Like they're not going to be as bad as they were in 2020 as they come healthier. And, you know, they added Dalvin Thomason to that line. They added Patrick Peterson in in the secondary. Uh, But Joe Burrow should – he has the weapons. He has the weapons to make this a game. 
the offensive line is always a concern, and it doesn't seem, sound like that Burrow looks exactly like himself coming off of that energy injury early in the game. Mm-hmm. So with that, I think I'm going to have to score this one 2-1 Moon off. It was very, very close. Uh I see, I understand all the hesitation on why you would take the Vikings, why you would not take the Vikings, but with the Vikings be having a home game, fans in the area, I'm going to chop that up to uh, defensive intensity is going to um, tighten up and, you know, a couple more mistakes on the offensive side of the ball for the uh for the Bengals. Yeah. And of course, as, as the old saying goes, and it's going to be said over and over again until probably sports stop happening is the defenses early in the season are always ahead of the offenses. And Absolutely. you're always going to give that nod because the defense, their, their goal is pretty simple, right? You're rushing. So offense has to learn all of these crazy routes and stuff like that. Defense, maybe a stunt here or there or a twist, but I mean, that's, that's kind of given in their nature. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely get it. So, uh, I'm down and I'm not going to be, uh, out. I think I'm going to continue to try to fight and scrape this way through. Uh, but let's, let's, let's turn to another team that's going to fight and scrape their way through this season. That is the, uh, new England Patriots. Boy, I don't even know what, what 2021 is going to bring for these guys. And I don't think they do either, but they open the season against the dolphins. And this could be a very tasty defensive matchup, but I don't know, uh, if the defense is up to it. What do you think? Munaf? Yeah, I think because these two teams are obviously division rivals, we've traditionally seen these, especially these two teams have lower scoring games. I mean, we've seen it where it's ended up around, what, 32, 35 points. There's been a few uh, barn burns in there. That's because Brady was there. But now you have Cam Newton. Um, So, you know, I think that Bill Belichick would be a little more conservative with what they do offensively. Uh, But as far as the defense of the Patriots, uh, I, I am buying them for the first two weeks. The Patriots' front seven is above average year over year, and they're just going to keep on getting better. They added Matthew Judon from the Ravens. They're getting Hightower back, who opted out last season. Kyle Van Noy is back, who was with the Miami Dolphins last season. They also added Jalen Mills. I mean, who honestly is a guy, is he their hit or miss? But I think because he's with the New England Patriots and the coaching, that they're going to be able to coach him up. He should be a average to maybe above average addition to that secondary let's not forget they still have one of the best uh defensive corners if and one of the defensive players of the year since Stephon gilmore how long is he going to be with the patriots it's a question but at least for the first two weeks he's going to be there for sure and like i said they're starting um they're facing one of the worst offensive lines in the miami dolphins and second year quarterback tua and we know how much bill belichick thrives off of beating young quarterbacks he has the opportunity to do that in week one he has the opportunity to do that week two against the Jets and a rookie head coach also and rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. So I'm going to take the I will buy into the Patriots for the first two weeks of this season. I will say that I won't. And it's only because uh, most of the reason that I used in the initial onset with the Broncos, as far as um, this offense may end up being a mess, right? And and the defense is going to end up being out there a lot. And that was the case last season. And they were eighth in the league with uh, team opponents points against per game. Uh, they came in with 22.1 points per game scored against them. Again, that was eighth on the list. So they allow points and they allow a lot of them. So uh, for Miami, Tua is is in another year, right? He's got another year under his belt. He's got a couple more weapons now that he can use. Uh, and so, to to be honest with you, I think that this is a. There's no more Fitzpatrick that's uh, driving the ship in the beginning half, right? So now this is to his team. He knows it. And going into the second year in the system, there's no room to go but up for him. And I think this is exactly where it's going to go. And I think it starts this week, or not this week, rather, but week one against the Patriots because this is a team in shambles. And it's a team that lost its identity offensively. And yes, defensively, they've got a lot a lot of stars coming back. And it's a proud bunch, right? This is not just the offense that won the championships. It was the defense, too. Uh, but by by the same token, when you've lost your identity and you're coming into a year with a lot of questions like they are right now, is it Mac Jones? Is it Cam, uh, Cam Newton? Who is it? Right? I almost said Cam Phillips. Max FL roots are showing. Uh, but, you know, who, who's it going to be? Um, I just feel like the edge this time uh, goes to the Dolphins to try to take advantage of, of the scraps that is left in New England. So, Terrell. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry one, Go ahead. Mission, one more thing. I'm sorry. Um, keep in mind that one of their offseason additions are their wide receiver, Will Fuller, who they got from the Texans. He's going to be suspended, I, I think, still for the first couple of weeks because of PED suspension that rooted back from last season. So that's a weapon that they won't have, at least for that first week against the Patriots. So I think that gives a little more 
uh, I guess, opportunity for that defense to focus on some of their other wide receivers, whether it's Jalen Waddle or or somebody else. So uh, I think that's something definitely to keep in mind as you are picking up these defenses. Absolutely. Absolutely. The last jab goes to, to Munoff. <laughs> <laughs> Terrell, what are we thinking? Um, it's tough here because uh, the Patriots are right now currently without their best defensive player in Stephon Gilmore. He's yep. uh, not practicing right now, um, nursing an injury and uh, still recovering from that quad surgery. And he's in the middle of a contract dispute. So I really don't know exactly what's going to go on there with him. Um, and for that note, I'm going to tie this round just because I think that you both have good points. If Stephon Gilmore is not there, I think Tua is going to have a lot easier time with this defense, I think that um, Devontae Parker is still the de facto number one of that team. And Stephon Gilmore had a, a really good game against him and locked him up um, in that first game of the season last year. And so even with Jalen Waddle coming in, he's Jalen Waddle coming in. He's still a rookie wide receiver. Yeah. So those guys take time to adjust to the offense. So I think that the defense would be good on there. But without Stephon Gilmore, this defense does look a little bit different. And it's a couple of new faces in new places. And it might take a little bit of a time to adjust to that Bill Belichick system. So I'll tie it now. I think that the Patriots have a good long-term defense. But if they struggle early, I wouldn't be surprised just because of all the new faces there. Ooh, another tie. That's okay. I, I'm like I said, I'm going to scrape. I'm going to stay in the game, but, uh, all right. So let's, let's move on to the next defense that we got on the list. And it is the Seattle Seahawks because they, wow, do they have a, a better matchup now than I think it would have been even before, uh, as they go toe to toe with the Colts. Of course, who knows the Colts could end up making a change before week one and it'll throw it all off. But for now, if you're drafting, uh, and you're considering the Seattle Seahawks, Munaf is going to tell you whether or not you should decide to play, uh, Seattle in week one so Munaf hit it off yeah I'm not sure I want to buy into this Seattle Seahawks team um despite they do have the Colts in week one right and with the Carson Wentz injury I, we're not sure if he's going to be ready and then also their offensive their best offensive lineman and Quentin Nelson we're not sure if he's going to be ready but if we kind of go back to last season with the Seattle Seahawks they added Ziggy Ansah and uh, Jadamon Clowney to hell with the pass rush that really didn't pan out as both as they were as they would have hoped Anso was pretty much injured for the majority of the season. Clowney generated some type of pressure, but didn't lead to really sacks for them. And now they're no both no longer with this team. Um, they made two more acquisitions at in the season last year with Carlos Dunlap. And they added one of the best safeties, if not the best, best safety in the league, in Jamal Adams. Now, we heard the rumors of uh, Adams wanting a new contract, but I do expect him to play. Uh, the potential for the Seahawks front seven it's there for this season um, because over the last couple of years, his defense has been atrocious. You still have Bobby Wagner. You still have uh, Quandre Driggs on this defense, but they still need to pull it all together. And I'm not sure that the defensive coordinator for this team is the answer, uh, especially in a division where every team has a great offense, right? The Cardinals, uh, the San Francisco 49ers when they're healthy, and then also um, the Los Angeles Rams with McVay, and now they added Matthew Stafford. So I'm not sure I want to buy into this defense until I actually see the improvements, but the opportunity may be there in game or in week one. Just keep an eye out if Carson Wentz is playing, if he is or not. But regardless, um, I'm not a believer in Wentz, but I just see there's some type of way that Frank Reich is going to put a game plan together to kind of take advantage of the flaws in this this defense of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I got yelled at for saying that the NFC West has a good defense. I don't know what that was. They were like, I got taken to the mat for that one, but they do. I mean, the NFC West has got some of the better defenses in the league, and and you can at me on that one. But uh, I, I think that Seattle is actually one that I want to go after. Like, I really do think that I, I'm going to grab Seattle if they're there around there. Because again, if it's if it's Eason, if it's Sam. Eilinger is whatever, whoever it is that's throwing the ball. I don't think it's going to be Carson Wentz, but I think that the Seahawks are going to tee off on the whoever is going to be throwing the ball, and I don't think they're going to have time. I don't think they're going to be able to score points. Maybe not get any interceptions because it's probably the points are going to come from sacks, but um, I really do think that this is not going to be an opportunity that uh, the Colts are looking forward to if Carson Wentz doesn't go, and even if Carson Wentz does go, he's hurt. Right. I mean, yeah. he's not going to be 100 percent. So the opportunity for interceptions is probably going to be there more than if he was. Well, <laughs> if he was healthy, he'd still throw interceptions. But if he's not healthy, then he's going to really throw interceptions, I think. And so uh, if they try to force him back, it's not good for the team. It's not good for anybody. And it's really great for the Seattle defense. And if you're looking ahead 
Don't don't keep Seattle defense though past this week because they've got the Titans after that and then the Vikings. And so this is going to be a pure week one streamer if you're going to pick up Seattle. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna have to give it to Rod here. Yes. And I'm gonna give it to Rod because of this. I think that the price that you'll get for getting Seattle, whether you pick them up after your draft or whether you draft them with your last pick, that nobody's really targeting the Seattle defense. And I think that their matchup week one is actually good enough. And I think this defense is actually good enough over the course of the season. No, will I play them the next week against the Titans or against the 49ers? No, but uh, if you look at the linebacking core with KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner still still over there, they're really strong and they are and they can cover. So I think that that's going to take away a lot of those short uh, tight end routes that um, I can just see Jacob Eason or even Sam Ellinger. Don't sleep on that. It could be <laughs> Sam Ellinger. That's what I'm hearing around camp. He looks good. So the Colts really don't know who's starting. Like they really don't know who's starting. They're not going to um, put too much, too many difficult routes out there for that quarterback, whichever one of the two it is because of the inexperience of both of them. And I think that that's the opportunity for this defense just to feast on it. They got uh, Witherspoon and Reed, two X-49ers back there as the corners this year, probably going to be the starting corners. And then I cannot, I cannot hamper enough how good a healthy Jamal Adams is for the rest of this defense, not because what he can do, but what he can pull out of everybody else. So I think that this defense will be good. And they actually trended that way towards the second half of the season last year. So I think they keep it going from there. I give you an extra point because uh, I, I think that that was a good uh, good thing about people sleeping on this Seattle defense. I really do. I think if you're going to be there in the second to last round before you pick your kicker, uh, and Seattle will probably be there for you. So make sure you don't sleep on Seattle. Uh, all right. We're going to come back after the break. We're going to run down five more. This is a good match so far, and, uh, and we'll keep it going. So stick around. We'll be right back. I know you are always ready to win money and boost your odds. So guess what? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA. If it has some sort of league affiliation, WinBet has got you covered college football even more <laughs> great promos odds payouts it's all happening right now at WinBet. from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports we have what you need to win are you ready to play sign up today receive a special offer a risk-free bet up to 500 dollars sports bet a risk-free 500 dollars sports bet download bet win download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning as always, we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season literally kicking off right now. And PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't even need to win. I know most cases you got to win, right? No, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, last year, Mac Jones, 25 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. And then by November, he became the favorite. A prop swap customer who bet $100 on Mac before the season sold that Heisman ticket on prop swap for $1,000, cashing out at the right time before Devonta Smith ran away from the field. Think of prop swap like the stock market, but for sports betting. So buy low, sell high, right? The average seller on prop swap, get this, makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two, make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the prop swap app. Prop swap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com right now. Use that promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now. Get a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italian Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasilia AO, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican's men's national teams. 
plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be a part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit Paramount Plus to start your free trial and stream every match live. Of course, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, including this one. Go back, listen to all your favorite episodes. Start from the beginning and splurge. Why not? You can binge. I don't care. I don't mind. Go back. But keep listening to this one first. Don't forget to toss us an app review as always and download the SGPN app today. We're back with more of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We got five down, five to go. We're talking about week one streaming DSTs and beyond because, look, some of these guys we've already talked about, they're good for a couple of weeks. So if they're hanging around at the end of your draft and you're about to draft your DST, hopefully we've given you at least five to choose from or not choose from as the case may be. And we're going to continue on with the next five. And we start by moving out toward the Atlanta way, the Falcons are next up on the board. So, Munaf, what are we doing? Are we taking the Falcons week one, or are we leaving them on the uh, draft pile? Uh, I am selling, selling, selling this uh, Atlanta defense. Um, so, the, uh, the Falcons, obviously, they hired the Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who no doubt can put together a great offense, right? We saw that he did that with Tennessee. Uh, but he also brought over the Tennessee, uh, the, sorry, the Titans defensive coordinator in Dean Pease. They ranked bottom fourth in total yards allowed last season, bottom four in passing yards allowed, and allowed close to 27 points per game. This Falcons defense, I think talent-wise, uh, is it may be a l- little better, but I'm not sure that they're going to be a great defensive team. They have Deion Jones. They have Grady Jared, but the secondary may have a very, very long year. Last year, they exceeded their preseason projections, but that may have been due to the part of the hoorah to kind of save Coach Quinn's job. But amongst the 82 players with at least 300 coverage snaps at corner, A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Oliver, and Kendall Sheffield ranked 69th, 72nd, and 81st out of the 82 players. And they now have are adding three projected rookies on this defense. I certainly don't want to get behind this defense. And, oh, by the way, they have to play Brady twice a year, along with the Cowboys who have great offense, and then the 49ers and the Bills. It kind of makes me nervous when you have all the new coaching staff along with the growing games that they're going to have to go through. And I think their week one matchup uh, is going to be against the Eagles. Now, I don't want to piss off Sean, but um, they they do have some playmakers on this Eagles defense. Oh, sorry, the offense, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts, he can scramble. They they have Jalen Rager. They got the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. Uh, Travis Fogum, another guy that has been shining in the camp for the Eagles. So I think there's going to be opportunities for this Eagles offense to take care, advantage of this Atlanta Falcons defense. So I do not want any part of this Atlanta defense all season long. Yeah, and see, I want it because I don't. I'm still not sold that this Eagles offense is going to be all that's advertised. Um, I, I just, I honestly don't really. I don't. I don't believe in it yet. I mean, look, Hurts threw four interceptions to his six touchdowns last season when he came in to start playing, right? I mean, this is still a a guy who's going to, he's probably not going to give up too many sacks. I get that, but he's also prone to throw some interceptions. So if you're looking for a week one defense to, to put somebody on the ropes, this Eagles offense, I think is going to be on the ropes for most of this game. I, I'm, I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. Somebody's going to, uh, they've tried several shows over to sell me on Hertz. I'm still not sold on him. So I think he's going to be prone to a lot of mistakes, especially since this is his team now. And there, there's no, there's no fail safe with Carson Wentz. So he's going to make the mistakes and he's going to have to learn to be a starting quarterback week in and week out. And I think week one, his, his toes are going to be to the fire and he's going to be trying to play over his head and try to make more plays than he needs to, uh, to impress everybody, including, uh, the fans, base so I, I just think the onus is on hurts and i don't know that he's up to the task to deliver week one uh and i think this atlanta defense is, is a sneaky good play uh just because of that that very instance terrell what are we thinking my friend hmm both there was points were made points were made <laughs> moon off was correct and this atlanta falcons defense is shitty it is bad <laughs> it is terrible 
Um, however, I didn't like the AJ Terrell talk because AJ Terrell sounds like he's having an amazing camp right now. Like if you go in and you go inside Falcons camp, like they are raving that AJ Terrell has is taking the step this year. He's uh taking on the challenge of taking Calvin Ridley one on one and giving him the business in a couple a couple of instances as well. So I think AJ Terrell is gonna be a lot better, but I do and I don't think this secondary is gonna be the reason why they're bad in week one. I think that it's going to be more of that this defensive line is one of the worst defensive lines in all of football. They're not going to get any pressure on Jalen Hurts. And this secondary is going to do a pretty good job of covering these Eagles wide receivers. Uh, some guys that were kind of high on, some guys were not kind of high on. Nobody's really scaring you too much in the Eagles sec- uh, wide receiver core. But um, I think that Jalen Hurts is just going to be able to run wherever he wants to go. He's going to he's gonna go extend and make plays with his legs, and I think that his rushing props week one are going to be very, very enticing in whatever the number is, but that's not enough to uh, make a defense really, really bad in week one. So I'm going to have to score this one, 2-1 moon off. Okay, I'll accept it. I'll, I'll allow the score. Uh, but here's where I hope I swing back is that we're going to Jacksonville to talk about the Jaguars uh, defense week one. They have got the Texans. And this is the only reason that I bring this up is because we still kind of don't know. We know that Watson's there. We know that he's in camp, but I, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with this Texas team. Uh, and so we're going to try to figure out whether or not the, the Jaguars are somebody you want to touch week one streaming. So moon off, why don't we go ahead and kick it off yeah i think their week one matchup uh, kind of going back around what you mentioned about sean watson i don't think that he will be playing uh week one as a houston texans fan or former fan you can say uh i i, I there's just rumbles that he's not going to play so it's probably going to be tyrod taylor that's going to be the starting quarterback and um the thing that only kind of makes me nervous about this this uh Jaguars defense is that they again have a whole brand new coaching regime there right Urban Meyer head coach they brought in Joe Cullen as the Baltimore defensive line coach who was there as their defensive coordinator Um, and then defensively you know we've heard the rumors about CJ Henderson may or may not want to get traded Um, he's still there in camp but again that's going to be something interesting to keep your eye on just because this is a first a, a week one matchup against the Texans, I think this was going to be a good defensive matchup for them going up against Houston, right? The skill positions for the Texans, wide receivers. I mean, when your number one wide receiver is going to be Brandon Cooks, you did add Anthony Miller, but I think this defense with the Jaguars that has Miles Jack, that has Jonathan Allen, they're going to be able to generate some type of pressure against this offensive line of the Houston Texans, right? Coming into the season, the Texans are the 27th ranked defense. Uh, sorry, the offensive line. Running backs are number 31. So they should be able to hold the offense in check. Probably generate some turnovers. I know Taylor is probably going to be under quarterback. He's a more of a game manager who doesn't turn the ball over much. But I think this is a good spot for the Jaguars, at least in week one, to make a splash against this very, very atrocious and subpar offense of the Houston Texans. Yeah, and I'm going to go one further. I'm going to make this easy on Terrell today, because, or at least this round, because I, I got to go Jaguars on this one, too. I, I just The Texans, to me, I don't, I'm not scared of them week one, especially if uh, Deshaun Watson sits, because Tyrod Taylor is not scaring me at all. I love Brandon Cooks, and I think he's going to do good for fantasy, but I don't think that he's going to be somebody that's going to terrorize this Jaguars uh, defense the way you need them to to score points uh and and again like i said i think it's just going to be easy and then to grab also because you look ahead in the schedule they've got the broncos in week two so this is a a, a defense that you can pick up for week one and use for week two i'm not using them in week three not against the cardinals but at the very least if i'm going to pick them up especially with the deshaun watson less texans team i'm going to keep them on on my roster at least for another week to uh, pick up the broncos mess and whatever's because if we're going to go with uh with whoever's playing the broncos week one right that's that's new york we're going to go with their defense we might as well keep the same team or you know a team that's going to play the jaguar or the broncos again in the jaguars uh for week two as well so um yeah this is one that i'm gonna i'm gonna take but i saw terrell give me a nasty look when i said that so i want to know what he's thinking terrell yeah i had to tie you both at one one (laughs) you guys gotta remember man this is fantasy yes you're playing a bad team but a bad defense is a bad defense and that's what this jaguar's 
team is. They are a bad defense, and they didn't get any better over the offseason. Um, they added some key players, but I really think that uh, they're not going to have the matchup where they're going to have the opportunity to get turnovers. As Munaf said earlier, Tyrod Taylor is a game-managing quarterback. He's not quarterback. He's not going to try to turn the ball over at all. He's not going to take risks. He's going to go out there. He's going to make sure that we have a good in good position to win the game. So, um with the guys that they have in that team, I think that the Texans actually are a sneaky pick to win this game. Tyrod is three and zero versus rookie quarterbacks in their um in their rookie season, so I think that the Texans are a very sneaky pick to win this game. And I don't think that they're going to give the opportunity to get extra fantasy points. So they're not going to give them, you know, those. They may give up a few couple sacks here and there, but they're not going to uh, throw interceptions. They're not going to fumble the ball. And then I think that um they'll score at least about 17, 20 points, maybe a couple touchdowns, a couple field goals here or there, and it's going to drive that stock a little down. All right. That is the case or the case against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hopefully you were able to make a decision. Uh, again, this is probably one that I'm staying away from. I know I said that I'm going to keep them, but there's the other defenses up uh, that we talked about in the first five that I want more than Jack's the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. But again, if this is somebody that's sitting around on you and you're thinking ahead to week two, uh, this is somebody you might want to stash as well. Uh, speaking of familiar faces, I don't know if we did, but now that's the segue. Uh, the 49ers get to meet a quarterback that they know very well, but in a different uniform as Jared Goff now takes him on as a Detroit lion for the first time. So we know that the 49ers have had some sort of success against Jared Goff in the past. Will it continue as a Detroit Lion? Munaf. Can I just end this by saying they're playing Jared Goff in week one? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think for the 49ers, um, the big change for the 49ers, I guess, on the defensive end was the departure of their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, to the Jets. But they promoted within their organization. They promoted D'Amico Ryans, who was their linebacker's coach. So he has that familiarity with the system and the players are, you know, which is a huge plus. It's not a brand new thing going up against Jared Goff, but these players are familiar with them, right? The 49ers, like the uh, Vikings last season, are another team that were plagued by a lot of injuries. They didn't have Nick, they only had Nick Bosa and D Ford for three games to get those two guys back. They didn't have Richard Sherman last season for 11 games. I know he's dealing with some personal stuff, so he's not signed with a team, so he probably won't be there. Um, but this front seven, when they're healthy, they can be one of the best in the league. The front seven is projected to be ranked inside the top three going into the season. Nick Bosa, Armstead, Fred Wagner, and the secondary certainly has names with Jason Barrett, Tart, and Jimmy Ward. 49ers have one of the easiest schedules this season, but again, in week one, going up against a quarterback that you are familiar with in uh, Jared Goff, that should be easy pickings for this this defense. Offensive line, though, Detroit Lions are ranked number 11, which is pretty good, but I just feel like that Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans are going to be able to generate some type of defensive scheme because they know the tendencies of Jared Goff, which I think will be the biggest advantage in game one. Yeah, as a Niners fan, I'm going to have to load up and say, yes, grab the Niners. And and again, only because, look, here's the thing. You're right. They're getting most of the team healthy again, right? Which is yeah. the hugest bugaboo for them last season was injuries, both sides of the ball. And defensively, when you get everybody back, that's already a big boost to you. But not just that. But now Jared Goff does not have Robert Woods. He does not have Cooper Cup anymore. He doesn't have those two high-powered uh, weapons that he had. And now he doesn't have Kenny Galladay anymore either over there uh, with Detroit. So um, what he's left with is a very, very meager. It's it's not. He went from driving the Tesla to the Ford Fiesta, I think, in this case, uh, <laughs> where he's not necessarily, you know, he doesn't have those those gadgets that are telling him where cars are or where defensive players are anymore. And, and I just think that it's not going to bode well for him in week one, especially against a fired up 49er defense who is ready to get back out there and to actually prove that they are one of the better teams in the league because they didn't get a chance to do it last season with all the injuries. So um, load up on your Niners and you can keep them for week two, I think too, against the Eagles. I know that that's still an unpopular opinion, but I still think you can keep them against the Eagles as well. So Terrell. 
I'm had to. I'm, that was a knockdown. That was a good one, Rod. That was a good one. You made me laugh with that Tesla Ford Fiesta reference. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give you a knockdown. That's a three-one round, Rod. Yes, finally. Ooh, I get think one. that. Um, I think that this this Forty Nine defense. Uh, they were the most unluckiest team in terms of injuries. Yep. Uh, last season, and it was just like one, like literally week after week after week, somebody else was going down, and to the point where they even blamed the grass at MetLife because they were like, "What the heck is going on?" Like we played two games at MetLife, and everybody on our team. Like half of our team is not even coming with us back because they're in the hospital. So uh, I think that this point in our team coming back healthy. Yes, they're missing a couple of uh, new guys, but um, a couple of guys like Richard Sermon in that secondary. So, uh, but I think that they're not changing the scheme. They know uh, um, this coaching staff. They know this team. Like they're going to be a really good defense, and I think that's the thing that they predicate themselves off of defense and running the ball. That's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. That's how Kyle Shanahan wants to run his team. They want to play good defense and run the ball. And then, of course, like come on, they get the New Year, not New Year. They get the Detroit Lions, like the Detroit Lions in Week One. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe T.J. Hawkinson has a good game, but come on, Brashad Perriman is not scaring me right now. Like. Yeah. Yeah, Amar's Ross St. Brown is still a rookie, so uh, we're we're not scared of them right now. Uh, maybe uh, DeAndre Swift actually could have a little sneaky of a game, but we're we're not afraid of them. I think the Four Niners are going to be good in the beginning and season long. Yeah, and I'm not seeing too many points put up there, especially in Week One by these Lions. I don't I don't think they're going to light up the scoreboard, which is exactly what you want. Is you want the the offense to not score against you, and that's really what Week One defenses you kind of want to hold on for that. So. Uh, speaking of a team that may not score a lot of points, let's go to New England. Talk about the Patriots as they take on the Dolphins, and we are going to talk about the Dolphins uh, DST. We talked about the uh, New England DST earlier, but let's let's move to the other side of the ball. Uh, are we are we taking? The, I'm sorry, did we do the Dolphins twice? No, we didn't. Okay, Dolphins <laughs> DST. I confuse myself sometimes. Uh, but the Dolphins DST taking on the Patriots for the reasons that I talked about earlier. Um, I, but I want to know, Moonoff, are, are we touching the Dolphins DST in this game as well? I am for sure, at least in week one, right? You're going up against Cam Newton, who doesn't have, I guess, quote-unquote, the strongest arm. Um, and kind of limited uh, uh, offensively are the Patriots. But you take a look at the secondary for the uh, Miami Dolphins, right? The biggest question was whether uh, or were they going to be able to reach some type of agreement with Xavier Howard, their best corner and secondary player. Check mark that box because they got it done. Um, and now he's back on the practice field, right? But this secondary still has other great players, Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, and they added Jason McCourty. Um, and then their front seven, right? They added Bernard McKinney in free agency. You can tackle and create a lot of pressure drafted Jalen Phillips in the first round so they can help the front seven. But at the same time, they lost Shaq Lawson to the Texans, and they had Ka Ka sorry Kyle Van Noy, who's back with the Patriots. But I think that this secondary in week one is going to take away the weapons of the Patriots or lack thereof weapons that they try to acquire in this offseason we saw hunter henry's might be out for a little bit they did add john smith but they have more than capable guys in the secondary to really limit this new england patriots team i don't see a lot of points being scored in week one and this offensive line for the uh patriots it's it's one of the best in the league but an improving defensive front like i mentioned i think they should be able to generate pressure against um against the Patriots and they should be able to contain Cam Newton. He's not the fastest guy anymore. Maybe give some trouble in the red in the red zone, but I think other than that, this secondary I'm really high on and they rightfully so they're ranked top five coming into the season. Yeah, I'm not scared of the Patriots offense. I'm really not. But at the same time, you know, this could be one of those situations where maybe a couple of them find. And here's the thing right now. You said Hunter Henry's out of the way, right? So fire up Johnny yeah. Smith. And this is one less person that they have to try to feed and Hunter Henry if he sits us out. So maybe Johnny Smith has a, a resurgence, I think, and, and helps Cam Newton out because we know Cam Newton loves him some tight ends. He had one of the best ones in the league a while back. So he knows how to use that safety, that safety valve and that safety cushion, especially get him out of trouble. So 
in a situation where you're you're wanting sacks and interceptions, I don't think you're going to get them with the Dolphins. Um, I, I know that the like I said, that doesn't scare me the Patriots' offense to score. But again, the extra points that you want out of a defense, I don't think you're going to get them uh, this week from the Patriots. Uh, like I said, you're not going to get very many sacks. I I don't think that uh, they're going to get a lot of points the Patriots, uh, but they're not going to give up any extra points to the Dolphins. So this is one where I'm going to probably stay away from it uh, because I, I, and I look, I think Johnny Smith actually does score a touchdown in week one. Um, I think with Hunter Henry out, uh, he could sneak into the, into the end zone at least once and give you something because the, the, the rushing game is not there for the Patriots either. So they've got to find a way to do something and, and get creative. So hopefully Johnny Smith is, is that guy. I, I was on him for a while, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm smart. So uh, I just, I love Johnny Smith in Tennessee, um, but on new England, we'll see how that works. So uh, Terrell, what do we got for the round? Okay. Um, all right. I'm gonna give it two one rod here uh, because I think that for one, we're not hundred percent certain Hunter Henry is not going to be ready for week one. I know he's going to miss a couple weeks, but we still got a little bit of ways to go into the season. I think he can possibility that he's good to go out of training camp. He's listed as day to day right now. So, um, it could be not that serious of an injury, and it could be a little bit more precautionary um, just because he's going to be one of their top offensive weapons. And that's really the reason that I'm going to fade this Dolphins defense in week one because their two top offensive weapons that we believe are going to be for the season are both tight ends. And I can't see the Dolphins leaving Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar on the outside and putting the likes of an Xavier Howard on a tight end to try to stop production because then – um, this Dolphins team is deep, but they're not that deep where they can give up their top corners to go try to cover a tight end in, a, in what could be a size mismatch for him. So uh, I think that it's just a really bad matchup for the Dolphins this week with the, with both of the tight ends probably being their number one and number two top targets for this week uh, from Cam Newton. And then this front seven just gives me a little bit of questions, not as much continuity there as I would like to see from this Dolphins team. I think this Dolphins defense is going to be really, really good. But I think that this Patriots team is just a really bad matchup where they're leaning on the run game and they're leaning on the tight ends and they're not going to those really, really experienced corners that the Dolphins have. No love for Kendrick Bourne. Come on, man. This guy, he, yeah. And we move on now to the last of the DSTs that we're thinking about for week one. This one's kind of got me excited, just low-key excited. Like, I, I, I dug into this a little bit, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll talk myself into this one. So maybe Moonoff will talk me out of it. It's the Panthers. They open up with the Jets. Um, are we touching them? Are we trying to stream them? What are we thinking about the, the Panthers' defense here in week one? Yeah, I'm all over them because of their matchup against a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. We've seen, I think initially because it's his first couple of practices that it hasn't been really going well for uh, Zach Wilson. But you kind of take a look at this Patriot, sorry, the Patriots, the Panthers uh, defense. Uh, they made it a priority to kind of improve their defense, right? I mean, their offense is, I guess you can say it, it, they have Christian McCaffrey. So when you have that type of player in your backfield, you always have a chance, right? But Defensively, they drafted J.C. Horn, uh, who at the time uh, when they made the pick was maybe a question mark for the at least the Panthers because uh, their offensive line was an area of concern. But when you have you add now added a guy like Horn to your secondary, they also signed A.J. Bouye, right? So those are two guys that are going to be a tremendous help mm -hmm. to that secondary. The front sev uh, seven is ranked low coming into the season, but I think this is has uh, potential to have a significant improvement to their front seven. They added a uh, pyramid and their recent draft picks, Derek Brown and Brian Burns. I'm looking for those two guys to kind of take that next step to be kind of the catalyst of that front seven. Uh, the second year head coaches may have a lot of work to do with his defense, but I think the, 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 the potential is there for sure. And the last season on throws that were down the field of 15 yards or more, quarterbacks had a completion rate of over 50%. So they addressed that with getting J.C. Horn and A.J. Bouye. And then Matt Rule, who's kind of a defensive-minded head coach, has a, a task in front of him. The defense was not good last year, like I said, but they added the pieces, right? And I think that will probably take them to the next level, and at least in week one, going up against a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. I think this is a great matchup for the Panthers and also remember revenge game for Sam Darnold going up against his former team so you know he's one of he's going to want to give it to them so 
give me all of the Panthers in week one. Yeah, I, the only thing that gives me pause again is, is something you had said is that the, the Panthers defense was not that good last year. And really, it, it's tough to to want to pick them up and to think about picking them up. Um, they averaged 1.8 sacks per game last year. It was really low, 23rd in the league. Um, so when you're talking about generating those extra points, the sacks, the interceptions, they weren't there for Carolina last year. So hopefully, like you said, the pieces that they added will give them that, that extra boost to get him over the hump. But um, as far as reasons why people probably are passing on Carolina is because they didn't see it last year. And so everybody's thinking going into this draft that, you know, they're thinking about last year's team and they're thinking about last year's stats, which is what you do, right? I mean, you have to have some basis for comparison, uh, but you also, like you said, look ahead at the fact that now they're going up against a rookie quarterback Guys taking his first steps in the league. Robert Saul is awesome. Like we know he's good, but he's got to get this team. He's got to get the Jets to be better than the Jets, right? I mean, that's really what he's got to end up doing. He's got to make the Jets less Jet-like in order to start winning some football games in the NFL. So um, do I think that starts week one? Probably not. And I think the Panthers are really going to crush him. But uh, if you do give pause only because the Panthers were bad last season, I will not hold that against you. So Terrell, score that last round for us. And where are we at? As a whole, um, <laughs> I gotta give. I don't know. I think this was. I think Moonoff bounced back from that knockdown he had in round eight and gave another one in round ten because this jet, this Panthers defense looks sneaky good. Like they look sneaky, sneaky good. And if you look at Matt Jaru's uh, history. <laughs> and how he has fared in his stops at Temple and his stops at Baylor. They were really rough that first year, and then they came back, and they looked a lot better that second year, and I think that that's a little bit of what this Panthers team is going to look like again, and then they get a kid that's right down the road at the University of South Carolina and J.C. Horn, who is an absolute dog on the outside, and he can fit right right into that scheme that they're doing. Like He doesn't have to change too much about his style of play and can fit right in as a rookie. I think that's uh, very, very valuable. Valuable, And then getting A.J. Bouye on the outside as well, that's definitely going to help them. They're a young team, but as we know, young teams get better with time. And then they have another year in this system. They're bringing back a lot of the same guys. So I, I think that they're going to give fits to this Jets team week one, uh, especially with Sam Darnold as their quarterback, as their leader. Robbie Anderson is on this team as well. Don't forget about him. He's another big voice in the locker room. They're going to want to play up for those guys. They're going to want to make this not even close and make this a blowout and get them the ball back so they can put up points on these guys. So uh, I'm going to do a knockdown because I think that this Panthers team is going to be really good, not just for this game, but possibly for the rest of the season as well. All right. I love it. I love it. All right. Where does the final stand? Where, how much did I lose by? How much do I got to go? So, in? so it would, you, you had the lead going into that last round, but with the knockdown moon off takes the win 15, 14. It was a great, great match. Great match. Love scoring. It definitely has some great takes in there and, uh, definitely going to use a lot of y'all expertise in, these upcoming drafts that I have because I'm looking at 10 right now. And so that's a lot of defenses I need. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. You know, I don't get paid for an episode that I lose. So thanks, Moonoff, for taking a payday away from me. Uh, but that's all right. I, I love this. And uh, again, I hope you got some knowledge out of it. I hope you are thinking now about DSTs because if you're still playing in a league with them, they are important, especially uh, you don't want them to lose you points because I've definitely had matchups where a game I've lost points because I've taken the wrong DST uh, and, and they've given up way too many points. So, uh, all right. Well played, Moonoff. You are the champion. Thank you so much for uh, coming and whooping my ass one more time. Uh, so I, I just want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find all of your knowledge because, again, you are the smarter one in the room uh, compared to me. Uh, so let them know where they can find all your beautiful work. Uh, you're not giving yourself enough credit, man. You are you are a grinder, sir. Um, now, I quickly wanted to mention, what, going back to uh, before I get into my plugs, um, what, Rod, you said that it's that for fantasy, especially for defenses, players have the tendency to compare the stats from last year and what defenses did. And they're not really looking at the additions that were made in the off season. And I think that's a really, really underrated important point that if you're a beginner player for fantasy or advanced player or an expert, 
those are the things that really make the difference, like you mentioned, between having a winning week or a losing week based on your defense. So I think you got to pat yourself on the back for that point. And I think hopefully the listeners didn't really pick up on that. But other than that, man, you can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. I'm all over the SGPN website. Um, you know, basketball's kind of cooled off, uh, but we're still grinding away with baseball. And uh, Dan Titus and I started a new podcast for the NFL called The Propcast. So uh, we're grinding out player prop cast uh, through the month of August, going through the divisions, and then we'll be uh, grinding weekly for player props. So, you know, for sure, I think Rod Terrell, we may do a collab down the road during the season. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, looking forward to the football season. And, you know, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, man. That the prop. If you guys don't play prop bets, if you live in a state that you can actually bet, I don't. I wish I did, but if you do and you're not prop betting, then I don't even know what you're doing with your life. So go listen to Munoz podcast, get some info, go start prop betting for sure. Uh, it's way too much fun. So Terrell, let everybody know where they can find you all over the internet. And of course on the SGPN, uh, network. Yeah. You know, I'm all over the SGPN website as well. TBT is over, unfortunately, but football is ramping up. Expect to see me doing a lot of college football, uh, working with the college football experience as well and hopping in NFL as well, doing a lot of stuff with NFL fantasy football. Uh, you can catch me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at really real underscore underscore. And man, just to uh, add to it, like I think the defenses thing is just something that we kind of neglect a little bit. Like we're like, oh, my God. Like I remember the days when. You know, everybody was reaching, trying to get the Jaguars defense because the Jaguars defense was so good. It were projected to be so good. And they're reaching like the seventh, eighth round to go get those guys. And now it doesn't seem like there's any hype towards defenses nowadays. And it's a lot of teams whose defense look like they're going to be really good this season, like they're going to come up. I talked to you about my New York Giants, who I think can be a top 10 defense with the additions that they've added and the, um, the rookie talent that they got coming in. Um, and it also helps with looking at your prop bets. Like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm all over Jared Judy props that we, that first week. Cause while I think my giants are going to be really, really good, they don't have a slot corner. And, uh, it doesn't sound like that. Um, Logan Raya is going to cover the slot. Like he's going to come in as a nickel corner, but they are going to have one of the younger guys cover the slot. And so that's really where Jerry Judy could eat, especially if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. Cause they built that relationship already. So, um, look at the defenses, see where the holes lie, and then those are the places where you really can get your prop bets off. Shining the light in the dark corners of fantasy football. That is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, and we want to thank you all for joining us. As always for this show, thanks for listening. Of course, you can find this show all over where you find your favorite podcast. And of course, more importantly, on the SGPN app, go download that thing right now. I don't know what you're doing if you haven't done it already. So much good stuff on there. Every, every day, there's something new on that SGPN app. It's the only app that you'll need to keep refreshing because it's going to keep changing. So again, thanks to Moonoff. Thanks to Terrell. Thanks to you. Thanks to everybody. Hopefully you got something out of this show. Listen, we're going to talk about kickers, I think, in the next episode. Another underrated uh position and even me like you can't convince me kickers are good but somebody's gonna try next week <laughs> and when you do hopefully you're there for it so again thanks for listening everybody come back next time and until then let it ride <laughs>